Hello and welcome to Everything Considered Podcast with me, your host, April. I'm an insatiably curious person that loves to consider everything. Everyone I meet in this life is my teacher. Sometimes those lessons are blessings. Other times they challenge me and help me to grow. It's a win-win no matter what. My goal as a host is to provide a gentle space of honest consideration, communication, and respect for all as everything's considered. Welcome to the show. All right. Hello, hello. This is Millie America, and she's my very first guest on my podcast. And I'm just so grateful to have her. I couldn't think of a better person to, uh, to join us today. So Millie, welcome, and thank you so much for it's coming to It's such an honor, April. It's such an honor. I mean, wow. Thank you for the invite. It's, it's wonderful. Well, I'm happy to have you here. And for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background. And um, well, first, let me say uh, real quickly that uh, Millie is an intuitive empath. And she has a nut, she's been at this a, very, a long time. She's got a lot of qualifications. Uh, she offers uh, different services she'll talk about. She's an author. Uh, but let me real quick, let's just get into your background. How did you uh, come to be and to do what you're doing today? I was born in Puerto Rico. Let's start there. Okay. So I'm pure Latina. Okay. Um, uh, and I came to Hollywood, Florida when I was eight years old. And okay. so I grew up in Hollywood, basically. Okay. And I came from a, a, an incredibly talented family of intuitives. Uh, not that they would accept that they were intuitive, especially right. my mother, but my mother had amazing abilities. She could actually hold uh, a piece of jewelry. I know there's a word for this, a piece of jewelry, and she could mm. tell you your whole story. She was amazing. What was hard for her, she had me at 44. So um, okay. she had a hard time having a child that was intuitive and that actually could see angels and, mm -hmm. and people that were deceased that I never met because they were way before I was even born. It was hard for her at the time in the, in the late 60s, early 70s to even accept that her daughter had these abilities and she suppressed them. She really did. And I grew up not wanting anything to do with the spiritual world so much so that I had severe anxiety, like a lot of empaths that mm -hmm. avoid their journey and avoid right. their, their calling. Mm -hmm. They fall into having mental health issues, depression, anxiety, uh, OCD, things that, you know, that normally would be just like, make give you a pill and get over it. It's actually a lot of spiritual uh, suppression and repression. Right. Right. So that's, in my 20s was when um, I had my, my first son at 20 and my second son at 22. And I started reading uh, Gary Zucap. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Um, Marianne Williamson, uh, Dr. Dwayne Dyer. And I went down the spiritual path, but always with one foot in and another foot out because, you know, the mates that I picked, the people that I picked in relationships were very much like my mother. They did not believe in this thing. And it was either witchy or satanic or, right. and I had all these things that I would just suppress and I would know things and I wouldn't say anything. And, you know, then it would happen. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm going crazy. Wow. That's Thank my background. You. That was, yeah. And um, it is painful. And mm -hmm. you know this as well as I do yeah. that what you resist 
persist. Yes. <laughs> we're put in this earth as a classroom, but we're here, we come in with these abilities that are so, um, and especially now the generations that are coming in now, they're coming in full force. I mean, right. you know, so it wasn't until uh, 42, age 42, which was 11 years ago, that I left my ex of 18 years in Florida and I came and I bought with a friend a little rundown motel in the middle of the mountains near Asheville. Okay. And that little rundown motel had a big history. And I was thrown into a spiritual awakening that <laughs> shook me up and made me go into go see a therapist and tell her, uh, I think I'm schizophrenic. I think things are not there. And obviously I wasn't schizophrenic. Uh, not been diagnosed with schizophrenia in my 20s, but mm-hmm. it opened me up. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I finally stepped into, and I'm still stepping into, sometimes, you know, tiptoeing my way into what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to help people. Would you say that, would you say that was kind of an initiation into, yeah, yeah. And I think initiations are rarely not shocking. No, they, 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 they are not easy. No, no, we have to be pushed out of the comfort zone in order for us to really open up. Yes. Nothing happens. Nothing great happens. No adventure happens in the comfort zone, just so you know. That's All right. the great experiences happen where you're in pure discomfort. That's, That's when the right. Shedding, the shedding happens. The growth happens. The evolution of the soul happens. And it wasn't until January 15th of 2014 that I had, that I died in the hospital, just like you. Mm -hmm. And I came back with a tremendous amount of gifts Mm -hmm. and they were there. It was just an explosion all at once. Right. And it was hard to integrate that soul that went to that side and the soul that was here into my body. It was just like you. Yeah. It was a, I'm sure that a lot of NDs have the exact near death experience. Um, they have this, the same, the same problem. It's, it's hard once you've yeah. been to that realm Yes. to integrate now the human experience. It really things. is. For those that don't know this last year, I had an NDE. So uh, Millie's referring to that and it, and she's hundred percent correct. It's it, the coming back part is really, they don't, people don't tell you that. I mean, you're grateful you're here, right? I mean, but there's this other part of you that longs for that other place that was um, freer, more expansive, less limiting, um, blissful, all the things. Um, but you came back for a purpose. You came back mm-hmm. here to share uh, what you've been given. It doesn't negate the, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love life. And I, I think life is an adventure. Mm-hmm. But we live in a 3D world, but when you've had an experience like that, you are coming from a higher dimensional vibration. Yes. And it's really hard to integrate that in the human experience because the struggle that we have as humans, as you know, we struggle because that's how we learn. Yes. It shouldn't, it's really, it's all man-made. It is. We don't, we don't, we are not here to struggle the way no. that we do. And then we find ourselves struggling financially, struggling in relationships, struggling in, in, in our purpose. What do we do? How do I make money? And it all boils down to this 3D uh, programming that yes. is just like the movie, The Matrix. You know, it, it, it feels 
heavy and it yes. shouldn't be heavy. It's, it's right. not that difficult. When you step out of it, you go, at the end of the day, we're all going to that place and there's peace and there's love. And one of the things, April, that I learned from that experience, if anything, is the wholeness of us that the, the reason we are here is to love. Yes. It's really that simple. There's yes. nothing else but That's the right. connection of oneness and love. I agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And, but it, the, this illusion of reality is persistent. And that's the, I think that's, you know, what I have found to be the struggle is I remember coming back and just like, nothing could convince me that any, that anything was not love. Everything was love. Mm-hmm. I loved everything. I loved everybody. Mm-hmm. I was just in this, I don't know, this state. And then all, all of a sudden that illusion that we call reality started barking into my life. And I thought, Oh, wait a minute. It's hard. To, it's really hard to yeah. say. Yeah, it is. And it's not that I can understand why people check out. I'm not, I understand. Sure. Because the thought was there the first six months after me coming back. I was like in limbo. And thank God it was winter and the motel was pretty close. So my days, and that was the thing, there was a time warp where the days were so much longer and there was no sense of responsibility. Yes. I remember I would sit outside, even though I was cold, I wasn't, and I could hear the snow. I could hear mm-hmm. the earth breathing. I could hear color. I don't mm-hmm. have that anymore. I could sense and taste color. I had certain colors that I could not be attracted to anymore because they mm. felt really sharp. Yeah. Um, it was a bizarre feeling. My senses, even the taste of liquid and mm-hmm. Even when I went to the bathroom, I felt everything in such a, and I know you understand this, it was, it was overly uh, sensory processing that it, it really was disturbing because yes. where I went, there was none of that. And right. so <laughs> I think, I think for people who have had this experience, the hardest part is why am I back? Yes. Yes. That's, that's a question you ask yourself. What did what did I come back for? What am I here for? And my husband reminds me all the time. It's him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, that's a big question. He really question. loves you a lot. He does. he does. It was traumatic for him too. Um, probably more so in, in, in a sense, but I understand the synesthesia, the, the sensations are very odd and you do I don't know. I appreciate silence so much now. I crazy appreciate it where before it was like, I couldn't stand quiet, but now it's like, that's all I crave all the time. You know, I just, I am, I'm an extrovert Mm -hmm. most of the time, but I'm an introvert. I, 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 I isolate easily. I enjoy being by myself. I mean, I have two little Mm -hmm. kids, so I know that that has takes a lot out of me. But when I am by myself, I don't put music on. I put my candles. I have to have a sense of being. It's the only Mm -hmm. way that I get grounded, especially with winter now and snow and the coldness. I really move inward. Um, I also get, um, I I get affected by seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. I have, winter is not my season. I am a spring baby and a summer baby, you know. That's sun. But what I find, yeah, so yeah, you miss it. Mm-hmm. What I find in, um, in the spirituality of coming back 
is that I never thought that I knew anything of greatness. I mean, I sometimes struggle with imposter syndrome because mm. I think, where am I going? What am I doing? Is this real or true? I really often feel like, what do I give to this world? What, it, what can I provide to another? And this is something that we all struggle with. Yeah. I happen to think that I suffer from it greatly. What I did know when I came back for certain, it was one thing and it was the love. Mm. And I knew that if I don't do anything else in this world, if I don't provide a service, if I don't inspire anybody, my heart is the only thing that I can give. And I am, I can love, I can connect people by loving them. I don't have to agree with them. I don't even have to like them. Some people are not likable. True. But I can, I can still love them from over here. Yes. Um, when you start seeing every single person, even the ones you don't like, as a child that came in here innocently, and you know that that child came in through love, mm-hmm. it shifts the perspective of how we get angry at a person or yes. how we relate to a person. Yes. Yes. That was the, that was the major thing that I did learn from that experience. I, I think that um, it opened, it cracked me open to, yes. to that other world right. because my guys are all about love. The angels are about love, ah, love, love, love. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not being like a hippie, dippie, you know? right, right. but there is, there is source to that. There's a reason that um, we connect to each other and it's, it's, we learn from each other and and the love part is the, the pivotal part, the, the reason we are here. I might be wrong, but that's the only thing I do well, know. You know, when I, when I first met you, Millie, which we didn't know each other at all, we just happened to be at a common get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew me, you saw me right away. And you told, you started telling me things that were in me that nobody knew. You made, <laughs> no, but you made me feel seen like I was seen. Mm -hmm. And to me, in this world to be seen is a very loving thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Because most of us don't feel seen. We -hmm. don't feel recognized. Um, We don't feel, uh, I don't know, relevant or acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And the minute I met you, you just started talking to me like you had known me for my entire life. And, t- and telling me things and saying things to me that would indicate that you did. And I thought, my goodness, this is amazing. Um, I know you told me that. And do you know that that has stuck with me um, in giving readings to people? When they say to me, thank you for seeing me. I always think of you because you, you said that to me. You said, I feel safe with you. You see me. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, wow, that's the biggest compliment anybody can give me. Because for me to... I am very present when I'm with people that I do. I, I wasn't always present. It wasn't until my near death experience that right. I could have a room full of people. And if I am talking to you, I am talking to you yes. and I am with you and I will give you a hundred percent of me, even if I have to stop at what I'm doing. And it's, it's, it's invaluable because people do not do that. I mm-hmm. often don't like in relationships with husbands or relationship with family we take each other for granted you know yes. they were there or whatever and 
one of the things that I, I try desperately now is to, even if I'm busy, even if, and, and there's nothing like having a four-year-old that demands my constant attention yeah. because he reminds me to really be present. Stop. And yeah. I, yeah. And I try to do that with, as I mean, I fail sometimes, but most of the time I try to do that with people, especially if I'm having a one-on-one session with somebody, mm-hmm. I am present because that person needs that guidance at that moment or those words and they're important. So thank you for that because you, even after all these months, I still hear you tell me that and I am very oh. present because of that. So you, you impacted me by saying that. Well, you're very welcome. I just see it as an expression of the divine. Like it's a divine thing. I know that in non-physical being in the presence of the divine, you're completely seen, you're completely accepted and loved for exactly who you are. And I feel that flowing and being channeled through you. And I think it's a very, very beautiful thing. And it's a very rare thing. And it's something that is really new to me in a sense, um, because I'm an introvert. So for me, I'm just being present with people is something I'm learning to do. And I'm well, and because you're an introvert, people, if they don't hear you, they take, which happens with a lot of introverts, they're taken for granted, not yes. for granted, like, but they're, they're there, they're not voicing out. So yes. you're secondary to those who come in and take over, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. I can be extroverted when I mm-hmm. want to be in situations like this, but by and large, I really like my solitude and I'm, I'm learning uh, to come up out of that a little bit and to connect with people in more of a teamwork fashion and having someone like yourself that just uh, meets you in a place where you're seen, where you're accepted. It's just a very welcoming, uh, it's, a, it's, it's very facilitating. It's wonderful in that way. So I appreciate you very oh, much. Thank you. I appreciate you, sweetheart. I really do. So I was going to ask you about life events that put you on this path, but I think we pretty much talked mm. about that. So when you're dealing with a client and you're seeing somebody, what's, what do people come to you for? What would you say is the most common uh, thing that they seek out your help for? I had an example this morning. I had an older gentleman, the husband of somebody that I gave a reading to about two weeks ago. She mm-hmm. scheduled an appointment and she said to me, he's a lot older than her, said to me, um, he, he's a virgin session person (laughs) he's never had a session he's never had he's never had an intuitive reading so be gentle and I I I completely forgot all about it until he sat in front of me and we were facetiming and I um his brother came through and when his brother came through he he held his emotions like a man but I could see that he was just holding it and and I, I had to stop and I had to allow for him to be he goes, I don't know what to, I didn't know what to expect from, from this. And I did not expect you to see my brother. And all of a sudden his, his, I waited. And I think that the silence between, I love silence mm-hmm. in a session, because instead of just talking to talk, sometimes just holding space, a sacred space with somebody mm-hmm. allows them to compose themselves and also hear their own truth because right. You have to, that's, that's, a, that's the magic of holding space for somebody is not the talk, 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 but we all, as you know, we all have our answers. We all have the answers that we need. Yes. Sometimes we just need a confirmation from somebody else 
that is not close to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling anybody uh, anything that they don't know. Right. I'm acknowledging what they do know and helping them cross to that, make a decision or what. So my sessions vary from just like a life coach would, but I don't like to call myself a life coach, just where, you know, I have somebody, I have one person that's every other week, we just talk for an hour. And then I have others that are just, they just want a reading. They just come in for a question and they want a reading. I have others that I don't, um, I don't call upon dead people. That is not, that is not what I do. Whoever comes, you might want to talk to your grandmother or your mother, and then Uncle Tom comes along, and I don't conjure up spirits. So this is what I tell people. Whoever comes through, if they come through, sometimes they don't come through. Sometimes it's just a knowing. Sometimes it's just they start talking, and they themselves evolve into what they're needing. So every session is different because every person is different. There's no one-size-fits-all. I um, I love them, mm-hmm. and because I love them, I think those that are getting the part of what they're looking for also enjoy them. A lot Mm -hmm. of times, um, I don't mean to be humorous, but I do believe that joy is opens us up to a higher frequency. So I try to make the session uh, not so stressful, but more fun. And I'll say things that well, they normally say things that are just funny, but I think that the sessions themselves, they all vary from, I mean, they're not, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever had two sessions. This session this morning was difficult. It was Uh difficult because he was not willing to meet me or meet his open up. And it took him a good 15, 20 minutes. And it was a half an hour session and it took him a good part of the session to really. And then when he finally, I could see his whole body, I could feel his body. And I said, it, you know, it is okay not to carry the world on your shoulders. And that's when the tears just started coming out. And so he mm. kept it pretty together for as long as he could. And then, and then it was a release. And maybe that was all he needed was just to give him permission to, to release. Yes. Especially for men. Men are very different than women. Um, the men that I read for, uh, they come in without not knowing. Usually it's a wife or a sister or an ex that wants them to get a reading. And yes. And when they when they finish, they always send me a message saying, Thank you. That, that was something that I did not expect. So it's, wow. It's not coming, it's not coming from me. It's coming through me. Right. And it's coming right. through them. It's not even coming, it's not them showing up their personality, is their spirits showing up to a session. So you have probably uh, men and female clients like an equal proportion or no more women more women yeah more women okay. women are more open and I love the skeptics oh my god they're my favorite because <laughs> the minute that I say something that does not they're not expecting you see their guard come down and I'm like uh, yeah there you are okay now we can play I That's think skepticism good. is a very healthy thing I oh my god me too I'm I, my biggest skeptic. Yeah, I am me too. Biggest, I'm such a skeptic about everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to, you know, just, oh, if it doesn't happen to me. I remember, I remember telling the story to somebody years ago, many years ago, I was going to move. When I left my ex, instead of moving to Asheville, I was thinking of moving to Santa Fe. I had a friend that lived there. And I went to, I love used bookstores. I love the smell. I love oh, books. Yeah. I love, oh my God, just used bookstores in the middle of any little town. I'm, I'm mm. there. And I, books have a way of magically finding me. 
they either fall right when I'm walking or they fall and I come back through the aisle and they're on the ground or they just, they just, they, or they'll show up from Amazon in a box with other stuff that I did not order. And it books have a way of finding me That's the awesome. right book. Yeah. It's, it's magical. <laughs> so this book by um, Shirley MacLaine jumped out. Hmm. Staging or it was El Camino anyways. And yeah. I read it and I, I love Shirley MacLaine. She's actually lives in Santa Fe. And, oh. you know, for a time, Shirley MacLaine in Hollywood, she was the goofball. She was the one that was, you know, people in the time, we're talking about 20 years ago when the metaphysical part of all that oh. we go through right now, that was, that was really yeah. not accepted. And she was a witch. She had all these names. She was isolated. Right. And you know what? She was a pioneer for all yes. of us. Yes, I agree. And this part of this book, she talks about, you know, uh, everything she talked about spiritually, I was like, oh yeah. And then there was a part in the book where she actually connects with galactic beings. <laughs> she goes up okay. Right, she has gone off her deep end. <laughs> oh, yeah. did I know that about five years later, I would be having conversations with galactic beings. And I thought, oh my God, I have become surely. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it's, I've had those similar experiences where the very things that I scoffed at and poked fun at years ago are the very things that I do now <laughs> or that I have somehow fallen in or gotten into doing. Um, it's like, and then I think the universe just chuckles and laughs about it. It's like, look, I, you I, know. I, Big time. Look how cute they are. Like, oh, bless her little heart. Like, it comes around. Yeah. Bless, bless, bless me. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Just comes right back around. Cause I remember thinking that of Shirley MacLaine and, uh, you know, of just anybody in the new age. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of accused of, of doing that or being part of it. And I gladly accept that because. I, old is not fun. I do want to continually move into the new. Let's bring on the new. <laughs> and we are, we're shifting the energy in yeah. this planet. The more people that are waking up and it's not that we, I think, I think, and I feel that one of the, re, you know what, it's so funny because I, you, you were one of those people that you did my human design. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have shifted in saying, instead of saying, I feel, I always say, uh, I wait, is that I feel? I think instead of saying I think, I say I feel. Yes. Because part of my human design is feeling coming That's from right. the sacral. Yes. So I try to change the verbiage from I think because it's not coming from a thought, it's coming from a feeling. So I feel. I feel that one of the things that has, is shifting in our planet, in the collective, was it's not a mistake that we've been on timeout on and off for the last two years. Right. It's, it's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Timeout. I love it. It is a timeout. Yeah. I, it has given us an expansion. Yes, globally. I agree. Of either, and, and you see it, you either go in love or you go into fear. If you go into fear, you're obviously fearing everything that's different from what your reality is. Sure. And you're accepting anything that they tell you. And you're not questioning. You're just going with the masses. That's right. And then those people that are, completely coming out of amnesia those that are waking up to this new reality that things will never go back to what they were right you're not won't. going back no never mm -hmm. this is not going no. away no i think i feel that it's helping the dynamic of the energy that's coming through 
you, me, millions of others to help shift Gaia, help mm-hmm. shift this, this new earth that we're creating. And yes. I know this is really woo for some people, but if you just look at the things that have happened and how things yeah. are shifting, you know, history is something that, you, you, you know, can't, you can't deny that there's some sort of a mutation taking place. I mean, that's part of evolution. And of course, a lot of people who don't uh, ascribe to anything spiritual believe in the process of evolution. Mm -hmm. I do think there is a global mutation going Mm -hmm. on. And I think what you're speaking about is we're leaving this mental analytical awareness for a more spiritual feeling awareness. And I think that is, is being accomplished. And I think for, for some of us, we're like, yay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm on board. This is great. And then others are just they're like gripping. They're clinging on to what their reality <laughs> what was. And, and, no. Yeah. And that's just, it's so hard, but for them. But the thing is, is there's no option. This train is going forward and that's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, my hope and your hope is that more and more people decide to go with it instead of fight it so hard so that they don't have so much pain. <laughs> You know, and the because, judgment that comes with it, because yeah. what I what I'm finding as you do too is that their division is not a very thin line. It's no. larger and larger, and the fear part of it is they're clawing themselves into keeping what they know to be true and not even experiencing even the idea of just entertaining a different way of doing something. Right. And, and it's hard. I, I, I'm watching family members. I'm watching friends. Yes. I'm watching people um, struggle when there's really not that much to struggle for. It's an idea. It. It's, it's a perception. It's not. And they're all coming from their level of awareness. So I am aware that I cannot tell somebody, no. hey, wake up or, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. No, you, you just have to provide it, the space for them to do what they need to do. Yes. Because I might not be right, April. That's right. I, I might be, be a whack job. I might just be completely <laughs> wrong in this. And what I think to be true is completely messed up. Okay. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's in the realm of possibility. And the thing is, is I, I'm having, I feel like even if I'm totally off the chain nuts, I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a much better time than a lot of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's at least a little bit better, but I don't think we're wrong about this. Um, the, you know, we, not to get dive too deeply into human design or rape cosmology, but we're leaving a real uh, era of structure and control uh, called the cross of planning. And we're moving into something, uh, the sleeping Phoenix, that is just a lot more, uh, it's very different. And, I, and nobody really knows what exactly what that's going to look like. But I think a lot of these structures are coming apart for good reason. They're supposed wow. to. And so I won't, I'm not going to go into that very much, but oh, you should, because you're really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to scare people too much. It's not really scary. I think what's scary to people is the unknown. But I think if you come to the realization that pretty much everything is, I mean, here's the thing. I believe a lot of things, but I know very little. Me too. Because that's, that's honest. I mean, and Mm -hmm. I think, I think if you're an honest person, no matter whether you're an intellectual or a philosopher or whether you're into metaphysics, wherever you're coming from, if you're an honest person, 
it's, you know, most of us are going to say, you know, I, I, I believe a lot of things. I believe this to be true, uh, but what in do my I case, know? and that's what I tell people in it, my for case, me, yeah. for me, this is what I believe to be true. It might not be for you, but for yeah. me, this is how I'm functioning. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Right. Um, so you have written, uh, a lot of books, right? You've written mm-hmm. several books. The one book that I saw on your website, uh, which is sacredjourneyinward.com, mm-hmm. um, was called Ballerina in a Bottle. Bottle. Mm-hmm. Tell me about tell me about that book. So I had a dream mm-hmm. before I left my ex of 18 years. I had this, I, I don't know if you can see it. I can't, I should have kept her ear. I normally have, there is this, when I was a little girl, let me start with that. When I was a little girl, my father was mostly gone. He was a man that was never much of my life. And mm-hmm. when, I was about, when I was about six years old in Puerto Rico, he came to my mother's house and he brought my mother this liquor bottle that's the shape of a bell. And there was a ballerina in it. And it was a, a music box. And inside the liquor, you see the ballerina spinning and it had a little, every, every bottle was different. And the ballerina was different and the music was different. Anyways, so... I remember on my tippy toes watching the ballerina. He left it and he had an argument with my mom in the kitchen. And my mother came and took the bottle and just smashed it in the sink. And he left. For most of my adult life, I spent going to, this is before the internet. I would spend going to garage sales and estate sales looking for that bottle. Because the impact of that ballerina in that bottle, I was a chubby child. It was something that I couldn't, I couldn't shake off. I wanted to find that bottle. I, I needed to find answers of why I was so attracted to this, this specific memory in my, in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until eBay came out and about, um, it's been about 13 years ago, mm-hmm. I found, I mean, the company had closed. It was a Dutch company and it closed oh, years ago, decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottles were being re resell, you know, and I have a, a few of them. So I had a dream about the story about this woman who was in this bottle. She had everything. She was the ballerina in the bottle mm-hmm. and the messages that in my dream came from actual ancestors and people that died. Each chapter has a story of something that my grandfather or my great aunt or my mother or or a lover that I had that Mm -hmm. I was going to marry and he died right before, uh, right before anything. Um, They gave me messages and, and, Mm -hmm. and the story is based on being the ballerina in the bottle, because I think that a lot of us are in our own little beautiful golden cage or golden Mm -hmm. um, glass house. And we, we are so afraid to step out of that Yes. Step out. Whether it's in my case, it was my spiritual knowing. Mm-hmm. It was I did not want to be seen. Yeah. So a few years ago, I did not want to be acknowledged as a witch or be acknowledged as crazy. Or, yeah. you know, I remember years ago, April, somebody called me eccentric and I and it was a friend of mine. And when mm-hmm. he said it, I was just completely insulted. I was like eccentric. Now mind you, I had I had blue hair at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my nail polish I had different colors on every nail and I mean I wore tutus and I, he called me eccentric and I thought how dare he call me eccentric I'm not eccentric <laughs> to me it was a bad word and that is how 
distorted I was that I was living in this glass bottle pretending to be something that I wasn't. Right. And so Ballerina in a Bottle is a story about coming out of that bottle, about really stepping into your knowing and your truth. And yes. it happens to all of us. I mean, it's a story with a lot of the, the reality is it's a novella, it's a short story, but it's it's based, the stories within the, the chapters are actual conversations that I had with my ancestors. So wow. there are messages in there. And it's, it's um, it, it took me just a night to actually write it because it was so powerful. It was just a download so, that just kept on coming. Yeah. You know, that's, we, we fear being authentic. We fear being ourselves. We're, what are we afraid of? We're afraid that people will call us names we don't like or judge us or, but you know, even when you don't behave in an authentic way, people still do those things. We can't control what other people do or think, but, but I think we do a disservice to ourselves when we are contained. And I know I've lived a lot of my life very contained and it's only been, you know, in the last, I don't know, maybe eight years, I've been kind of escaping the container little by little, you know, you just peek out a little bit and you kind of recoil back in for a few minutes because maybe somebody throws something. Did Did you come from a religious background? Well, um, yes and no. I grew up in not a religious, no religion, really. Mm-hmm. I think we went to church on Christmas and Easter. I used to joke and call us Christers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. But when I got into uh, my, my 20s, I had suffered some tragic tragedies in my life. And I turned to religion and I became extremely religious for 20 years Mm. Um, and uh, in different uh, denominations, the last one being probably the most uh, strict that there was. And um, uh, then I discovered meditation and uh, then I was a heretic and then I was out. So, and I gladly- But to break break through the programming- so I wasn't, my, my, my family was religious to a point, but I, I, yeah. I fought it all the way. So I don't, I didn't have that. I'm sold out to this kind of thing. Cause I definitely I, was. I didn't yeah. have that programming that I know a lot of people have where yeah. you really have to reprogram every belief system. It, yes. Yes. You spend a lot of years totally discombobulated because in my case, I lost community Mm-hmm. Uh, close friends because I of my stance on uh, being loving and kind and looking within for the kingdom instead of outside. And right. I was I was trying to uh, infiltrate, not on purpose, but I was sharing what was happening to me, and it wasn't. Uh, it you know ultimately got me disassociated from the group I was I was part of. Oh, honey, the pain that you must have gone through and the rejection. Yeah, yeah, immense. But I feel like I, that was part of my life path. I needed that in order to learn to become me. And uh, so it was, yeah, it was really a painful time. Uh, Process of evolution is so painful. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. This doesn't, growth is not something that feels good, you know, Um, but I have no regrets about it. I'm happy to be a heretic. I know that heretics are actually really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but only to people that want to hear what they have to say. And I've learned to be a little bit more selective about, uh, you know, how that comes across, but, you know, my heart was just always truth. It was just always truth. And, uh, 
ultimately it led me right out of the place where I thought the truth was. And then you had this near-death experience that has even catapulted you into <sighs> a different area of belief. Oh, because yeah. once you go through that, if you already thought you were wide open, that mm-hmm. pushes you into a whole level of like, what now? Like what, you know, Oof. I had a reading yesterday from somebody, she does Akashic records and mm-hmm. I didn't get to finish because I had to go get my little boy. But um, one of the things she said to me was that people like me come in and I'm sure that you're the same way. Um, they come in here, we come in here as a blueprint. Uh, what did you call it? blueprint changer? Mm-hmm. Just helping humanity uh, change the dynamic of of what's going on. Yes. And I said to her, "I want another job." I, don't, I know I don't know that I like this very I much. I, I, that's not that's not what my forte here is. I yeah. would just like ease. I want ease. Can yeah. we get ease? Right. <laughs> Are you talking about this when we have recession? I'm like, right. what ease? I know. Anything ease? Let me know because I said to her, "Let me know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life." And she's like, "Well, you came here to do that." Over that and let's do another let's thing. <laughs> can we can we can I get a, a change of, of profession here? Because right. yeah. yeah, yeah. But like like I said, if whatever you resist will persist one way or another. And why make it more difficult? Once you step into this spiritual path, it's really difficult to go back to sleep. I mean, you could. It's impossible. You it's can't, impossible. You, you can't, can't unsee what you've seen, and that's no. just the end. That's the end of it. And you know, I and you're not the same person, and you never will be the same person. And I think, you know, I don't know. I don't, initially I kind of mourned her. I was like, oh yeah, me man, too. you know? And then uh, after a while, it was like, no, this is unfolding to be something so much more. Well, and you have so much coming for you. You are just on the cusp of something great. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote that book, it's gonna get out there, but April, your knowledge of things is so much deeper than the normal person. You have such deep wisdom and knowing that it's changing. It's going to change so many. Um, I'm glad you. to just be able to hold space for you anytime you want, because I look at it and I'm learning so much from you. So thank you for what you do. Because oh, it's, it's, it's an beautiful. honor. I, I just, I've always joke and I believe this, that I just have the patience to keep going back till I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Aries. Uh, My patience is really, really. Oh, uh, well, I'm a Taurus. So we're just kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. stick our heels in the mud and just hang out, hang on. Yeah. So, uh, but so you also have another book that you mentioned called Erasable that you're yeah. is going to be published. And you said that this book was 20 years, 20 years in, the making. in the making. Wow. Yeah. I had an accident in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got hit in the back of the head uh, in a park at night. And I woke up after they hit me in the back of the head. I didn't, I thought it was 1987 and that I was 19 years old and I got stuck at, at 19 and I didn't know I had six children or I was with this new man. I didn't know oh. anything. And I ended up, you know, um, I spent a night and a half in, in a, a psychiatric ward and oh. you learn a lot about humanity in a psychiatric ward. Oh, I bet. I bet. And it opened me up. It was the first time I was 33. It opened me up tremendously to a lot uh, of things that I had not dealt with in my childhood. So that part of the story, the first part of the story is the mind, which Mm -hmm. is that story. The second one is spirit, 
or yeah, spirit is mind, but no, it was the body. The third one is spirit. And the last one is the, is love. So oh. it's, it's, it's about feeling that you're moving through this life and you're really not there. You're just mm-hmm. going through the motions. That's why it's erasable because a lot of my life felt like I wasn't really, I was just passing through. And it's a powerful book. And for me to say that, because I could write every day, all day long, and I don't always see the importance of it, but this book really resonates with me because it's my story that I think would change so many because it's, it feels about heartache and issues and, you know, um, that we all go through mourning and grief and loss and, you know, how, how do we get up from all those experiences and, Mm. Oh, I can't wait to read it. That sounds Thank wonderful. You. Thank you. So it will hopefully be out soon. I hope so. I'm still sending it out there. And, you know, um, yeah. the, I'm going to probably, probably go with self-publishing at some point in the next few months because it's been edited and I know that it's ready. It's just a matter of me doing the marketing myself. And so yeah. I'll do whatever needs to be done because it needs, it's taken. It needs years. to get out. Yeah, it absolutely needs to get out. Um. So you're going to be coming to us. You're in North Carolina. So you're going to yep. be coming to us uh, in next month in February. Yes. It's the first weekend in, in yeah, February. February 5th, I think. Yes. When you'll yes. be yes. at the House of Light in Noonan. And uh, that's a great place. And we're just, Love it. I, I hang out there about once a week. And we, we have a, a wonderful uh, privilege on having you there coming up on the fifth. So I'm really, really excited about that. And you're taking appointments throughout the day Mm -hmm. uh, for different individuals. So that's very exciting. And you're probably going to be doing more, more with the house of light in the future. I would love to come once a month. I mean, it's only four hours away, so I would love to come once a month or every five weeks or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be really, really awesome. I would love to see you. Um, (laughs) So um, I'm going to ask you this last crazy question that I'm going to ask every guest um if you could live at any time in history imaginary time because we know times you know what time is yeah uh when would that be and why i think i i i would love to be 40 years from now 40 years from now yeah okay i had a i had a dream actually it was a vision about three years ago and i saw myself older short hair gray Mm-hmm. And I was living in these mountains somewhere and the house was very clean cut. It was one of those boxy glass houses and the world has shifted and changed so much. There was no mm-hmm. war. There was no, we went back to basics. It was like starting colonies all over again. Mm-hmm. I want to live in that world where it's safe for my children, for mm-hmm. my grandchildren and how we as a society have shifted from the monetary needs and materialism to just being, being here spiritually. Yes. I want to be 40 years from now. Oh, I'm right there with you. That sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I think in many ways, all of our so-called advancements have actually made life. You know, there was so many things that our elders knew. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, so much wisdom that uh, somehow or another we've, my mom used to call it, um, you're too big for your britches, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and meaning that, um, you know, we've gotten a little arrogant about um, 
throwing away things that really worked, things they knew, and uh, to to have that come back in the future, just to me sounds very ideal. My ex used to say all the time in Spanish that we were that this generation now is mashed potatoes. They want it all mashed up. They don't want anything that requires picking the potato, peeling the potato, cutting the potato, boiling the potato, then yes. mashing the potato. It it's the process of having everything handed to them. And I'm not saying this great technology is magnificent. I can't imagine going back to a time where we are not connected the way that we are. But right. at the same time, we've lost our humanity yes. in the process because, yes. you know, we are so in tune to this thing, this apparatus that yeah. we forget that there's so much. I mean, you walk into any coffee shop and you see people in their, in, in their, in their phone. And yeah. even at the light, you see people on the, their phones at, the, at a light traffic mm -hmm. light in their car. I think we need to return to basics. And what mm -hmm. will it need for us as a utopia to right. return to that requires that we're probably going to have to lose a lot of the technology that mm -hmm. we have been growing up in. And yes. my children and their children are growing up in. Yes. Um, because we've lost a sense of what it is to connect. Even though we can connect now in a way that we never could 20 years ago, yes, there is a disconnection of what it is to talk to somebody to actually put that thing down and actually have valid conversations, enriching conversations. Yes. Um, yeah, we need to return to be to, to be present, and that you know, again, it goes back to the silence. You know, I, that's I think to, for me the biggest change of being having temporarily being out of body and then being back in body is that I have appreciation for silence now. I have appreciation for washing my dishes. I have appreciation for folding clothes. I have an appreciation for doing all these things that are seem really boring and mundane, but they bring you into your body. They do. Laundry is my favorite thing to do. I was just doing laundry. Really? I, I must've been a Chinese person, like a Chinese Maybe. lady, yeah. like in another lifetime, because I love laundry when I had my motel retreat center that was my favorite thing to do every day was do the sheets and the towels and just being present for those moments of just stretching it out and actually folding things up putting it back in the closet yes. and there's something so enriching about being doing the dishes and cleaning your house and tidying up because you are there at that moment doing those things and that's you right are, and if you could just get out of your head and actually enjoy the moment, whether it doesn't feel very enjoyable because it has to be done, but really breathing, it's a form of meditation. It is, it's mindfulness. I mean, anything yes, done, anything done with presence is mindfulness mm -hmm. and it's, and it's life changing. I mean, it's, it seems like, oh, you know, the, I don't think the ego cares for the silence very much, um, but mm -hmm. it but, fights it. Yeah, it does. But the, the soul is our spirit being just loves it. And I, I've gotten to the point where I just enjoy those things. Like, and I never did before. It was just like ugh, more cooking, more laundry, more this, more that, blah, blah, yeah, yada, yada. It was like that all the time. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to enjoy this thing. I'm going to notice the textures. I'm going to notice the temperature. I'm going to, I'm going to notice how everything smells I'm gonna know and I'm you know and I'm the other weird thing is I didn't have a sense of smell a very good one because I had been in a car crash years ago and broken my nose and all of a sudden I'm starting to smell things again 
which is really wow. bizarre. Whereas wow. everybody else is like losing their sense of smell. I'm. Do you know that that's my it. strongest sense? How my strongest sense is smell. I relate things to even when spirits come in, mm-hmm. I can smell them. I can specify whether it's a flowery smell or a cigarette smell. Um, it's my strongest sense of, of, of being is I, I am touched by smell. Mm. So yeah, because some people are hearing or, you know, seeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so I, I understand that. That is powerful that you were... <laughs> yeah you know my husband he's very sensitive to smells and uh the other day I walked by the trash and I was like golly I smell that he's like you smell that I'm like yes no I smell it yeah you know which is is really different because I didn't too much so you're awakening senses in you that were completely shut down exactly yeah and and you know and the why they were is not as important as the fact that they are kind of coming forth and you know again just trying to accept who this new being is and but we're reborn, you know, all the time, all of us, you know, mm-hmm. it is really like being reborn. Uh, every time we come into a new level of understanding, oh, we wake, wake into something else, we're being reborn, it's re- being rebirthed. So we are the whole entire earth is it's this a beautiful is the, thing. It's a beautiful time in history in, in, in our, in our lifetime to experience what we're having now. Yes. I don't take it for granted. I mean, there are days that I don't want to be here, but I don't take it for granted. <laughs> I think if you're a, if you're just a human, in a human body, the last two years, I think have been, uh, you know, the frequencies, I, I don't know any, you know, any other way to really describe it, yeah. but yeah. you know, the collective frequency has been really hard and dense and, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to watch, but, but you know, that's what birth is like, isn't it? I mean, you and know, it's painful is painful. And you come to this point where you're like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Can we please go home? You know, um, but that's, but there is no way out than through. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, Millie America, the beautiful Millie America uh, will be with us here in Noonan coming up on February 5th. Uh, If you'd like to know more about her, she has a website called sacredjourneyinward.com. And you are on social media as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I that, have the page Sacred Journey and the group Sacred Journey group. Okay. So yeah. she posts some amazing things and she's on Instagram. And uh, I'm just always so inspired by you. Likewise. <laughs> so thank you so much. And um, thank I'll- you so much for having me. This has been such a great honor. Yes. And you're going to do so fantastic with the show. I thank see you. Greatness. Thank you. Greatness. You're a blessing. And I will look forward to seeing you in just a few weeks here in Noonan. So, I love you. I love you too. You take care. And you too, uh, sweetheart. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.